The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 in free bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T and claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, here to break down another division preview for our season-long player props. And we're going to be talking about the AFC East today, but helping me to break it down, you guys know them as the sharp bettors of the prop betting first. It's my, actually, both of my guys on the West Coast. It's the prop god Dan Titus. Dan, how you doing, my man? Doing great, dude. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the AFC East. We uh, got some injuries that might prevent some people from being out there and available, but we'll make it work, man. It's uh, fade to a time. <laughs> that was the theme last year with uh, with the AFC East. We, we faded the hell out of those uh, rookie quarterbacks last year. But also joining us also on the West Coast, the hardest working man on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, it's Rod Via Gomez. Rod, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic, geared up for a fantastic day of the AFC East. This is actually going to be a, a pretty interesting division when it's all said and done. Uh, I know that the race at the top is going to be crazy and the race at the bottom is going to be ugly. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens in between. Yeah, I mean, a lot of question marks or for at least three teams, I think, in my eyes that, that have a lot of question marks. But yeah, we'll get into it as usual. You guys know the format. We'll discuss each team briefly. We'll talk about uh, their win total, give a lean on on the win total, and then obviously we'll get into our season-long player props for the AFC East division today. So, gentlemen, let's just dive right into it. Let's just start with the first team, the top of the class of the AFC East. It's the Buffalo Bills. Last season, this team uh, finished the season with an 11-6 and record. They went 9-6-2 and against the spread to only have their dreams crushed in the AFC Championship game. Um I'm not sorry, the AFC Championship game, but was it the uh, divisional round game where they lost uh, to these uh, Kansas City Chiefs with 13 seconds left on the clock, but probably one of the best uh, playoff games in recent memory or maybe ever between uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this season, they come in with a projected win total on win bet of 11 and a half. Um, they come in with some uh the positional ranks at least number five at quarterback with josh allen number eight offensive line number three uh front seven and then number two uh uh their secondary for the buffalo bills but uh rod let me start with you on the buffalo bills seems like they should win this division barring obviously any significant injuries to their mvp uh or i think one of the co-favorite mvps this season josh allen but what are you kind of looking at for the Buffalo Bills this season uh, uh, with their win total at 11 and a half and, and the outlook for this team in the 2022 season? Seems like that at minimum, this team has aspirations of at least getting to the Super Bowl after the heartbreak over the past couple of seasons in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at their wins totals, right, in 11 wins last season. And, and I thought, oh, man, you know, but they've had three straight seasons of 10 wins or more. So at least the pattern is there for a couple more wins. And I really wanted to lean the under on this one because I thought it just, it seemed to me like they couldn't get over that 11 win hump. 
Uh, and and plus the 11 uh, under is, is plus 115. So I was like, I love plus money. But I slowed down for a second. I looked at last season's schedule. They lost week one, 23 to 16 against Pittsburgh. It's a week one loss that, you know, you, you get out of the out of the box and it's sometimes difficult to pick up that that first win of the season. New kind of feeling to it. And then that week nine loss to the Jags where they lost nine to six. And I thought, you know, either one of those flips in that direction, that's 12 wins. And, yeah. and it's very quite easy that that another win like that can flip in their direction this season. So uh, 11 and six, I can still see a 12 and five record for these guys this season. And I mean, again, that that's that's where I, I want to take the over now, because either one of those goes their their direction. They're looking at 12 wins and that's something they'll clean up this year especially now that they they seem to to know where they're at and, and where their team is at. And like you had rattled off, they're among the best in the league in a lot of metrics that matter. So mm-hmm. I'll give them 12 wins this season. Yeah, I mean, the second half, if we kind of take a look at the schedule, the second half of the year is where their uh, schedule really eases up for them. And you kind of take a look at at least the first six weeks they have games. Week one on Thursday night, the opening night, they take the defending Super Bowl champions, the the Rams. They have uh, back-to-back road games here with Miami and Baltimore, uh, and they also have Pittsburgh, and then they also have a trip to Kansas City right before the uh, their bye week, which is in week seven. But, Dan, let me get to you also on the Buffalo Bills here, man. What are you thinking for this team coming into the 2022 season with a win total of 11 and a half? Um, I, I, I'm with, I'm in agreement with Rod in terms of their, their ability to get 12 wins. Uh, the one differing angle I would have is that kind of what you just touched on. I'm concerned about the first seven, the first six weeks of the season. Um, I think you could see them probably come out, you know, three and three, two and four, um, something not optimal to that 12 win outlook. Um, so you might be able to get a better price because right now it's pretty juiced up to minus one. I've seen minus one thirty five, minus one forty mm-hmm. to eleven and a half wins. You may want to wait, yeah. um, especially playing the defending champs on Thursday night football. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, so if they start out slow, I think you can get a better price on the twelve wins. So um, yeah, my my opinion would be to wait, but I still like them to get eleven and a half over eleven and a half wins. Yeah, I, I like that because, you know, books are always putting out updated regular season win totals. And you know, like we just mentioned, that first half, there's at least the first six weeks for this the Buffalo Bills team is going to be uh, a very difficult course with, you know, with some definitely uh, competitors that they do have to go up with. Like we mentioned, the Rams opening night, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you also have the uh, Baltimore Ravens in there. That trip always down to South Beach early on in the season is not very easy, especially with the the heat that they do have to deal with down there. But, gentlemen, um, this team, Buffalo Bills, are the odds-on favorite, at least in the uh, AFC, to come out and get to the the championship – or, sorry, the Super Bowl, plus 325 right now over on win bet to win the conference um, in the AFC. And then the Super Bowl, I think they are one of the co-favorites as well. Uh, right now, their number is at plus 650. Dan, um, do you think this team is a team that can get to the Super Bowl this year and finally get over that hump uh, with Josh Allen um, at the quarterback position? I think so. I mean, I think we saw it last year. You know, they got Mahomed. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, um, you know, that they were right in that game and they didn't make the right defensive plays to uh, to get the victory. But they had it right there in their in their in their grasp. And I think that they got better on defense. You know, picking up Von Miller certainly uh, adds some championship pedigree. Yeah. This offense hasn't changed that much. Their offensive line is solid. Um, you, you you rattled off um, some of their ranks where you know I don't. There's not very many holes in this in this um, with this team here. So 
yeah, with the changing landscape and the really tough AFC West division, they could kind of beat each other up. And I think those are the real contenders for uh, the AFC represent the AFC representative for the, the Super Bowl. So, yeah, man, I think that they depend on how they, this shakes out. I think that they could definitely be a, uh, a Super Bowl contender and rightfully so, uh, being that they have the shortest odds right now. Rod? You can't really count them out. I mean, this team looked solid from top to bottom. Yeah, they lost uh, Cole Beasley, which was a gigantic target magnet for Josh Allen last year. But they get Jamison Crowder, and you know Gabe Davis is expected to take a step up this season. So it's not like I think they lost a whole lot there. And and just like Dan said, defensively they bulked up. So this is a scarier team I think this year than it was last year. And and now I think they've proven to themselves and the league that they are in that conversation for real, and that uh, they're there to make noise. The only one thing I would say is that it, for me, when I'm looking at the even the division totals, New England's plus 450 to win this thing. They weren't that far off last year. And yeah. I know that there's, you know, people are, are counting them out already and, and really not not giving them what they deserve. They feel like a dark horse to me. And if, if New England plays Buffalo tough again this season and they split the, the games like they did last year, that could be the one stumbling block for buffalo as if new england actually plays them tight which is why i'm saying this is like a a two-horse race at the top so that i want to see how that plays out this season to see what buffalo can do with with a young team and like that yeah and there are also some of the rumors of you know possibly obj you know heading to uh the buffalo bills as another receiver another weapon for this team so i know he's coming back from the injury that he did suffer last season but you know getting obj and uh, on this roster, that just gives you another weapon, and uh, Josh uh, Josh Allen and St- uh, uh, Stephon Diggs on this roster as well. And uh, you know, I, I love the point that you did make about I think Gabe Davis does take that next step um, for this Buffalo Bills offense. And just a little tease to one of the player props that I do have for this division. But um, gentlemen, you guys have anything else for the Buffalo Bills uh, that you want to mention here, Dan? No, I'm good. Broad. Uh, yep, I think we covered it. We'll get there later. I mean, yeah. we, we, I think we have props that. <laughs> That'll get there later. All right, before we move on, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is a perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet and their reduced juice in baseball games, which makes them the best place to bet on MLB. Plus, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Wynn also just released their first quarterback with five touchdowns prop bets. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and, a, and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So all you have to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. 
All right, gentlemen, let's get over to the next uh, team in this division. Probably the team that probably has the most hype around um, coming into this next season. I know we were down on this team last season, uh, Dan, but it's going to be the Miami Dolphins. Last season, they did finish with a record of 9-8. and eight. This season, they come in with the 14th most difficult schedule. Uh, last season, they they did finish 9-7-1 and one against the spread. When you kind of look at this team, it's, it's now two a time, right? They, they've surrounded this guy with the weapons. Obviously, the big splash this season was getting Tyreek Hill over to this team to be the number one uh, wide receiver opposite of Jalen Waddle, also on the also on this roster in that wide receiving group. They also have Cedric Wilson, and they also have Mike Gusecki at that tight end position. And if you kind of look at the, the backfield for this team, they are also loaded at that position where they did add Chase Edmonds. They also have Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle on this in this backfield for the Miami Dolphins. Currently, I'm seeing their win total is projected at eight and a half. Um, they are favored in eight of their 17 games this season. It's going to be an interesting ride for the Miami Dolphins. But, Dan, let me start with you with the Miami Dolphins here. Brand-new head coach Mike McDaniel comes over from San Francisco, who was formerly their offensive coordinator. They also have a new um, uh, offensive coordinator as well, Frank Smith, who was a Chargers running game coach, and they do return uh, their defensive coordinator who was there last year. But you kind of take a look at this team from a positional ranks perspective. The two areas that it seems like that, you know, they are going to struggle in is on the offensive line as well as that running back group. But they do have the names in that running back group here, Dan. But what are you thinking for this team? Yeah, I mean, eight and a half wins seems like a very sharp number. Um, being that you, you just said that they're the – um, the favorite in eight of those contests, you know, you figure you could get one more game that you could probably steal um, to get to that nine wins. But, you know, I, I think I need to see more from this team. And, you know, I think that they have a pretty interesting schedule to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they start off with the Patriots. So inner, inner division, at least you get it at home, but then you go to Baltimore, then you go uh, have the bills at home and then you go back to, uh, to Cincinnati. So yeah. Um, those are some pretty tough teams to start off with through the first four games. And, um, you know, while I recognize Mike McDaniel, certainly one of the the best young football minds that we have in the game right now, I think that was pretty proven for what he did in San Francisco. Um, installing that new look offense, um, you know, I don't think we really know what, you know, if Raheem Mostert's going to be healthy. That was another player prop that we we cashed before the season even yeah. started. Um and so, like, you got Chase Edmonds there. You got Tyreek Hill. You know, there's a lot of new faces. Cedric Wilson, you named a bunch of guys. And, you know, I think that there has to be some continuity um, concerns here. So I think it's going to take some time to, to get into the flow of things. This is a stay away bet for me just because I think eight and a half, I, I think, give or take, this could definitely be a coin flip. And, and it could definitely be nine wins, or they could also be eight and nine at the end of the season. So um, I think this is just a really sharp one. But – I think from a from a statistical standpoint, I think we should see some improvement uh, having the weapons that Tua does have this year. Yeah, Dan, no pressure. This last season, uh, you and I actually swept this AFC East division as far as our player props. So <laughs> we, we've kind of set the bar pretty high for ourselves coming into the season. Rod, the one part of the schedule that does concern me for the Miami Dolphins is that second half of the year. After their bye week, they do have the Houston Texans at home. But after that, they have uh, they have four games – Three of which are on the road, which are the going to your San Francisco Giants. Sorry, San Francisco uh, 49ers. 
the L.A. Chargers uh, on the road. They have Buffalo on the road, and then they get the Green Bay Packers at home. And then the last two weeks are division games. They go to Foxborough in week 17 on the road, and then they finish up the season with the New York Jets coming to town. So that that that's a that's a pretty difficult um, second half of the season there, Rod. But what are you thinking about this Miami Dolphins team uh, with the, all the additions that they did make this season? Yeah, that back half is just going to be brutal for them. And and look, we're going to see early in the season whether or not it's going to be brutal or they're going to actually be able to win a couple of those along the way because I think what we're going to see out of the first three or four weeks is is what this Miami Dolphins team can do. The only thing that I I can't, I mean I agree with Dan this is this number is spot on whoever whoever did this one was doing their homework because eight and a half is is right about where it should be I mean they had two seasons right they had they had ten wins in 2020 nine wins last season but and they had ten wins with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua together yeah. so it kind of makes me wonder if this team is capable of winning nine this season with a full season of Tua I don't know if I'm comfortable. I mean, to me, if, if this were seven and a half, I'd probably take it. Yeah. You know, it, it, I would definitely take the over on this one. But now I don't even want to touch that number. But if I was going to lean in any direction, if you forced me to pick one, I may say over just because of the fact that they've done it the last two seasons with, I think, far less of a team than they have this season, uh, especially offensively with, when you factor in Tyreek Hill. Because Tyreek Hill in and of himself is a game changer enough to kind of tip the scales one game in your direction so yeah, i mean great. if i had to lean i would lean over but i don't know that i want to even touch this yeah i mean speaking of tyree kill he made some interesting com- uh, uh, comments in this offseason so far going from patrick mahomes to uh Tua to be his quarterback now and he did say that Tua is probably or is one of the most accurate quarterbacks uh that he has i think that he said that he has played with uh i thought those were those were interesting comments coming from uh tyree kill but um, yeah, it, it's, this is all on Tua's shoulders now. I mean, we've talked about this for the past couple of seasons. We talked about this at volumes last season, Dan, that, you know, I know that Tua has been battling injury with the hip thing coming out of Alabama and, and, you know, being a left-handed quarterback that a lot of them don't succeed unless your name is, uh, Steve Young, but it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how this Dolphins team comes, you know, comes together. And I think that eight and a half you guys mentioned is a spot on number, I do agree with Rod here. I would slightly lean towards the over uh, just because I feel like that if this team does get clicking, especially offensively with the speed that they do have both at the wide receiver positions and even in that backfield, if Raheem Mostert is able to stay healthy, they they have some skill position guys to where they can make some noise uh, in that AFC East division. But yeah, I would lean towards the over uh, with the Dolphins here as well. Any other thoughts for the Dolphins guys before we move on to the next team? I would say that if it was over, it would be nine. Like that, that's where I'm saying it should be a half a game over. And and that would be the cushion. Like I'm not seeing a a 10 win season for these guys, but I think it would be exactly nine if they hit the over. Yeah, I agree with that. And you kind of take a look at the positional ranks coming into this season. You know, like I mentioned, the two areas is the offensive line and the running back groups, which are less listed in the bottom fourth of the league. But while their wide receiver group rated number four coming into the season and their secondary is ranked top 10, number seven overall coming into the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, quickly or how quickly they come together or how quickly they fall apart to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, getting over to the next team in this uh, division, guys, it's going to be the New England Patriots. Uh, currently, I'm seeing their win total is also listed at eight and a half. 
Uh, they do have the eighth most difficult schedule coming into this season. Last year, this team ended up going 10 and seven. They were also 10 and seven against the spread. Um, big thing or big change for this team going into the season. Obviously, Josh McDaniels heads over to Las Vegas Raiders to be the head coaching head coach there. They bring in Joe Judge. They see the return of Matt Patricia. But I think there's a lot of question marks for this team coming into the season. Number one, I'm not sold on their wide receiver group. And I think the positional ranks that Warren Sharp did put out agrees with that, where he has that wide receiver group rated 25th in the entire league out of 32 teams. The front seven has question marks, which is rated number 20, 22nd in the league. Offensive line, I think, is a huge question mark for me as well. And we've heard you know, the reports and the news out of their training camp that they're having trouble blocking. Um, and there's no real identity on who is number one calling the plays for this team uh, offensively and number two or and number two, how this team is going to look offensively with Mac Jones and not really having a lot of skill position, I guess, stars, we can say on this roster. But Dan, let me start with you here with the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, maybe the greatest coach of all time, but his hands uh, are full here with this uh, Patriots roster which has a win total right now of eight and a half with the eighth most uh, eighth most difficult schedule coming into the season. Yeah, I think the biggest question I have here is, are the Patriots taking a step back or is Miami getting better or are they both kind of are they both kind of canceling each other out here? Because with the same win total, someone's going to have an edge here and I can't I can't really figure it out. But all reports that I've seen coming out of New England haven't been positive. Right. Um you know, one of the player props that I have is is around their running back room. And, you know, you talked about their offensive line concerns. But even Mac Jones, you know, uh, as accurate as he was last year, um, well, you have 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, like pretty good season. Um, they're talking about him passing more. And I'm like, well, to who? You know, they got exactly. Ty, Ty Thornton, I think is his name, who looks pretty good. But, I mean, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, you have as a red zone threat. And then it's pretty much what Kendrick Bourne. Like Kendrick I, I Bourne. think we're kind of reaching here. So yeah. I don't know. This this team doesn't look like it's improved that much from last season. And they won a lot of close games. I mean, remember those games where Damian Harris was running thirty nine times. Mac Jones wasn't even passing the ball. Like yeah. these are all anomaly outlier games that I don't know that they're going to be able to sneak out. Um, I don't know. Belichick always surprises, us, so it's hard to bet against him, but another stay away from me because I just don't know what, which way this is going to go. Like if this goes bad, it's going to go real bad. And I would love to take the under on it. Um, I just don't know that I believe in Miami and the jets enough to leapfrog them in the division to really put them down for good. So um, yeah, not, not overly entertaining here with my passing of my bets here, but yeah, this is the, the bills division and it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, they lost some key players last season. I obviously J.C. Jackson heads over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Shaquille Mason also heads, them. Yeah, heads over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, Kyle Van Noy was a guy that was one of the leaders on the defensive side uh, for this team. You know, We don't know how much he does have left in the tank, but it, it, it's still a guy that was familiar with the system. He also departs for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers as well. Jamie Collins, you know, he leaves the team as well. Um, and, and really did turnover. Yeah, a lot of turnover, and the guys that they did bring in, it was I'm not really impressed with. Right, they brought in Devontae Parker, or maybe he's a quarter away from being. I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Out for about two to three, two to three weeks, or maybe even a season. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Okay, they brought in Jabil Peppers, uh, Peppers at that safety position. Ty Montgomery. Okay, another guy in the um, 
running back group, Lloyd Jordan Humphrey in the wide receiving group. I mean, there's not a really, like you mentioned, Dan, there's not a standout guy in this wide receiving group that, that kind of gets me excited. And if you kind of take a look at their schedule, throughout their first four games are on the road. They have games in Miami. They go to Pittsburgh. They have the Baltimore Ravens coming to town. And then they have to go to um, to Green Bay and Lambeau Field to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, there's some there's a very difficult start to the schedule here for the New England Patriots. But, Rod, let me get to you with this team. New offensive coordinator. It seems like Bill Belichick is going to be calling the plays for a quarter or a half. We just don't know what the identity is of this coaching staff. But what is your outlook for this New England Patriots team with their win total of eight and a half? And yet I'm a little more optimistic about this team hitting the over on this one. It, it's when you look at what they've done. I mean, like you said, Belichick always seems to surprise us and they had a down season a couple of seasons ago, right? Where they, they broke their, uh, their 20 year streak of winning seasons in 2020, but then they came right back one ten last year. So, you know, it, it, to me, they did it with almost the same type of team. I mean, yeah, they lost a, a few key parts in, in the defense, but it was still a group of like scratching your heads kind of guys, you know, where you're like, huh, you're, you're doing this with Damian Harris. You're doing this with Jacoby Meyer. So I almost feel like another year of Mac Jones is going to do it. But, you know, Munaf, you, you talked about the NFC North teams that they're playing, but they also get the Bears and the Lions, right? Yeah. And, and sure. the Patriots have won all of their most recent matchups against Chicago and four out of the last five against Detroit. So, you know, that's at least two wins right there. If they can split the games against the Bills, again, there's another couple. If they can split the games against Miami like they did again, I mean, you're starting to build a case here. And then they get the Browns and the Jets. So, you know, that that's almost seven or eight right there. And I think this team is good enough to win at least nine on this season. I feel better about them winning nine than I do the Dolphins winning nine, to be oh, honest. Okay. And in fact, I feel better about the, the Patriots winning 10 than the, the Dolphins winning nine. So, you know, as, as crazy as this season seems for New England, it's Bill Belichick. And he's been able to make lemonade out of like not even lemons. So <laughs> I, I'll give him an opportunity to do it again this season and at least win nine games. Yeah. I mean, you take a look last season, they, they played the two South divisions last year, right? The AFC South. Okay. Those are some easy wins there. They also played the NFC South last season, which you know, that was a division that had a lot of injuries and a lot of question marks as well. When you get to play the Falcons, the Panthers and the saints, um, you know, who were without James Winston for a lot of that season. Um, you know, um, in this season, they go up against the two North divisions, which is the AFC North and the NFC North. So, yeah, I can see it, but this roster just doesn't get me uh, excited. And like Dan mentioned, there's a lot of turnover, especially on the defensive side of the football. Then when you have guys like Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia on your coaching staff, that doesn't really get me excited for this team. But you guys have any other thoughts uh, for the New England Patriots uh, as we get to the last team in this division? Uh, yeah, what, Munaf, what did you say that their strength of schedule is? Did you have it? I am seeing they have the sixth most difficult schedule. Let me double check that here, real quick. Um, and this is according to Warren Sharp. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I see him for. Yeah, too. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they're right. Yeah, overall. Mm -hmm. And then, um, they also have the second, according to Warren Sharp, they also have the second, um, second biggest disadvantage in net rest um this year it's only to the packers so um yeah this team might be a little bit tired and if you're talking about a bad line um 
not much carryover from last year in terms of defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Not having a chance to really get your bearings together midseason might be something that kind of holds them back a little bit. But I'm curious to see how this turns out. Um, we could be wrong for fading Belichick, but uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, it's always scary when you're fading Bill Belichick, but um, you know they always find ways to win games. But you know, again, last point I'll make about this team is that again, 17 game schedule, they're only favored in six of those games, and um, you know they're they're underdogs in eight of those games. I think the other three are going to be a pick'em game for this team. So, or sorry, pick'em game for 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 the other three for the Patriots. So it'll be interesting to see you know how this team comes out. Number one within those first four weeks. And I think Rod, if you do like the over this on this team, I'll probably wait after that Packers game. I mean, I, I could personally see them start starting one and three um, when you have to go up against the, the, the Dolphins and the Steelers and the page, uh, sorry, the Packers uh, three road games within the first four weeks. And then you have Baltimore coming to town in week three. So again, it'll be fun to watch uh, this team and see what kind of transpires for the new England Patriots. Before we get over to the last team of this division, let me tell you guys about Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. And SGPN, we've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. It's free to enter, and some amazing prices will be announced soon. Hop in to reserve your spot. It's $500 in cash for first place and $250 gift card to the merch store. And if you haven't checked out Run Your Pool, check it out. A lot of the pools that I do, you know, whether Super Bowl squares or, or you know, doing a Survivor pool. Uh, a pick them contest. It's really easy to use. They, they've made it so easy. All the instructions are there if you're going to be the commissioner. And if you're, if you're, if you're that guy in your office that has to come up with these pools and put it all together, just check out run your pool. It makes it so much easier for you. So all you got to do to sign up is go to play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN to hop into that SGPN NFL Survivor Contest this upcoming season. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users, and now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. With NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can Join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. Insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile device, join our listener group on Sleeper by going to sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's use of see Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, gentlemen, the last team in this AFC East division, it's going to be the New York Jets, 
who had a little scare over this past uh, this past week with their um, future quarterback Zach Wilson. A little bit of scare in that preseason game. Possibly thought there is going to be a torn ACL for Zach Wilson, but good news for Jets fans, or maybe not so good news for Jets fans, that it's only a a two to four week injury with I believe what was classified as a bone bruise for uh, Zach Wilson. They do have uh, Joe Flacco as a backup for this team. Looking at this team last season, they went four and thirteen overall. They were six and eleven against the spread. This season, their win total is at five and a half over at WinBet, and they do again have one of the more difficult schedules coming into this season, where they have, I believe, one, two, three, four, yeah, the sixth most difficult schedule coming into this season. Some additions that they did make in this off season: see, they bring in a tight end, CJ Uzuma. We talked about him a lot last season with the who was previously we the sorry previously with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and if we kind of look at their schedule, guys, um, five and a half win total, but they are only favored in three of those 17 games. I'm surprised that they are even favored in some of these games. I'm guessing it'll probably be one against the Seattle uh, Seahawks, possibly maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars and maybe the Lions coming into town or the Bears. But, Rod, let me start with you with the New York Jets. Um Zach Wilson right now up in the air. He's been in the news this offseason for on and off the field reasons. But, um, well, what do you think about the Jets coming into the season with a win total of five and a half? I made two notes about the Jets. I said they've only had one season since 2016 with more than five wins, and that was a seven-win season in 2019. And then the second bullet was about 13 question marks. I honestly, <laughs> this is how do we even know how to handicap the Jets? I mean, this team has been historically bad. They remain historically bad. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about them because it just feels like every year they're hopeful and they say, this is our season to actually do something. And they come out absolutely flat. You know, they, they have all of these draft picks that they've had that they've drafted talented players they've they've drafted folks that you you get excited about like a zach wilson and and then who knows that re-injury could happen too now that he opened the door a bone bruise yeah but a bone bruise in preseason like this is this is a question mark now going for the rest of the season can he stay healthy can anybody stay healthy i don't this jets team is is just such a, a huge disaster season in and season out that i'm taking the under on this one and not even looking back but at the same time who knows? Zach Wilson could find a way to play, make it through the season. They win six wins and break the trend. So um, I, I don't know. This is a stay away from me only because it's the Jets and I, betting on the Jets makes me feel dirty. Uh, but if I was going to lean, I'd lean under because it is the Jets and they make me feel dirty. The six uh, categories that I do look at when I'm you know, looking at teams and their positional ranks, quarterbacks, O-line, running back, wide receiver, front seven, and then secondary, the Jets in five of those six categories ranked 20th or worse uh, coming into the season. At that quarterback position, 27th, and the front sevens only ranked number 24, and then their secondaries ranked 22nd. The wide receiver group is respectable, and we talked a lot about Elijah Moore last season. Dan, we also talked about you know Denzel Mims, who's supposed to be the next great thing for the Jets. They do have Corey Davis. They also drafted Garrett Wilson uh, in that wide receiving group. But again, the question mark remains for me is who is going to be throwing this the football to those guys, uh, Dan. But what are your what are your thoughts on the New York Jets coming into the season? Yeah, is it going to be Joe Flacco again, who's a bum? Mike White. Had flashes of good performances last season, but yeah, this all hinges on the back of um, 
of young MILF Hunter, Zach Wilson. And I don't, man, you know, they lost Makai Becton, which I think is a big loss for them. They signed Dwayne Brown last yeah. week. Shout out to my Hokies. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I actually like their offense coming into this. Like, I think that they did the right thing, um, you know, re-signing Braxton Berrios. They already had um, Corey Davis there, obviously. And then you have Elijah Moore and you draft Garrett Wilson. So, like, I mean, you bring over CJ Uzoma if he's healthy. Um, that's a pretty explosive offense there. Yeah. And their defense, they signed a bunch of guys. And, you know, I thought that this was going to be one of the teams that could surprise. But the fact that, you know, Zach Wilson's dealing with a, bro- a bone bruise in his knee uh, still not really clear on the severity of that injury, but it's not good to start your season with your quarterback um, getting banged up. So I don't know it's going to be a testament of his will, man. I don't know if he's a dog like that. Like the kid looks like he's still in freaking high school. So I don't know. Maybe he's built differently, but I, I'm with I'm with Rod here, man. I'm fading it five minus uh, under five and a half. Like that seems like a good bet right now, just because I'm, it's the Jets, man. Like you're pretty much rooting for like it's like being a Knicks fan. <laughs> you know, like you always have so much optimism going into the season. You do all these things and they always inevitably amount to nothing. So it's, it's crazy to think that I, I, I it's kind of just popped into my head is that why, what if this wide receiving group was with the New England Patriots with Mac Jones? Like that would be something oh, man. to watch. And Such an upgrade. Yeah, but the Patriots, they never put any much stock into their wide receiving group. I mean, we saw what Tom Brady did with that team with little to nothing. I mean, I know they had Gronk and Julian Edelman, but towards the tail end of the end of the, you know, tenure of Tom Brady with the Patriots, it, there was nothing there. And that and now you're talking about the quarterback position here with the Jets that has question marks. I mean, this wide receiving group, if, as a Jets fan, if you are a Jets fan, I would be excited about the wide receiving group. But <laughs> But uh, uh, the quarterback position is what that I think something that's really need to address. And last or a couple years ago, when they did take uh, Zach Wilson number two overall, um, it's starting to look more and more likely, guys, that it is going to be a, a bust of a pick. But again, he can develop a little bit, and we'll see what happens. But again, the question mark is how long is he going to be out for the New York Jets, and can he develop uh, this uh, season? Um, for the New York Jets. But I agree with you guys. I also do like the under five and a half. There may be some six floating out there. If you're able to find a six, uh, I don't hate that. Uh, I, I would love that uh, number at six. I would be willing to play a little bit of juice on that as well. But yeah, yeah I, I think this is going to be a team that's going to be in the bottom of the barrel of the AFC East. And you probably see this team having another top five pick coming into the 2022, uh, sorry, 2023 NFL draft next season. So uh, good luck if you're a, a JETS fan. Uh, any other final thoughts for this team, uh, guys, before we get into our player props for this uh, division? Salah's going to have hell to pay for taking that shot at Jalen Hurts on the sideline in preseason. Oh, 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 yeah, I saw that. Never forget that, too. So. Are they playing each other this season? I don't think so. Let's see. I have it but, real quick. Uh, no, they don't play each still, other. Still, yeah. still it was dirty. And a solid for that one. Like yeah. that's, but respect for Nick Sirianni for, for calling him out for it. Yeah. Um, they'll be playing with a chip on their shoulder for sure. Yeah, 100 percent. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, get into our season long player props for the AFC East. You guys already know how we do it. Uh, Usually a quarterback and then two skill position player props that we give out for uh, each of these divisions. And then we'll wrap up the show with a best bet from each of us for this division. Um, Rod, let me start with you, my man. Uh, What's your first player prop for this AFC East division? So I guess I'm the only one. Everybody's thinking it, but I'm the only one that's going to say it. And uh, I'm going to take Tua under 3,850 and a half passing yards. I mean, 
how how I know that Tyreek Hill is is a transcendent talent, but is he twelve hundred yards on top of Jalen Waddle's thousand yard talent? I mean, he would have to have three hundred yards per game over the last four games because he only started or he was only played in thirteen games. Tua did uh, mm-hmm. last last uh, season, and he left week two with a rib injury. So I guess we can count that as twelve games that he was actually uh, a factor in, and he had two thousand six hundred fifty three yards. So now we're asking to get just under 1,200 yards. He'd need 300 yards per game over those next four games that he missed to reach that. How many of those games did he have last season? One. What was that? Week six against Jacksonville. Other than that, it was a smattering of 220, 230. Like, Tua does not pass for 300 yards per game. So there's no way that Tyreek Hill is going to make him better to the tune of 1,000 yards more even if Tyreek can get him there, I don't think he's going to get to 3,850 yards, especially with Jalen Waddle uh, competing for that yardage as well. Because Tua is not a 3,500-yard passing quarterback, even with Tyreek Hill. So give me that under all day long. 3,850 yards? Really? Really? It's crazy to think when you're kind of looking at those numbers, Rod, uh, for to uh, and understand that they made the upgrades with Tyreek Hill coming over. But and I was kind of just looking at this, uh, comparing his number to some of the other quarterbacks around the league. Aaron Rodgers this season has a projection of I think it was four thousand fifty and a half uh, passing yards. I understand that the scheduling and all that is different for these quarterbacks and 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 teams, but. When you're comparing those numbers to some of these other guys, it's kind of eye-opening to see, you know, how high I guess the Brooks possibly are on Tua coming into this season. Um, Dan, last season you faded the hell out of Tua. Are you back on that train again this season? Thoughts on Rod's prop here? Oof, man, I was looking at some Action Network projections, and uh, they had him at right around four thousand. And uh, with this in at 38, I was like, mm. like, I still feel like 4,000 sounds aggressive. And that was where it was last year. So you add in Tyreek Hill. Oh, man, it's tough. It's 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 a number that I'm like, I could see it going under, but I don't I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. But I understand why Rod is against it. And it was much for much of the reasons why I was last year. I, I'm a little. I think that Tyreek Hill does matter. Um, I think he's going to at least give them the ability to make the deep throws. And, and, you know, Tua has been slandered for his lack of a deep ball, but he was one of the better downfield passers last year. And I mean, he had over a 67, 68 uh, completion percentage. So I think it should be better. I'd say the bigger problem that I have is that Mike McDaniel loves to run the ball. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in a, you know, you if you get any kind of a lead, he's going to be trying to pound the rock. I mean, they got Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, um, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you know, they got bodies there. So if anything, you know, I think if we see this model be more like the Niners of last year, there could be some there could be some expected regression there in their passing department. So even though he's accurate, he can hit the passes. He may not be throwing for a, a ton of yards. So I still see an angle where he could go under just because of the system that he's in. It's a prove-it year for Tua. I mean, that's just what that it is too, for me. Yeah. It's a prove-it year, and uh, you have the weapons now. Let's see what you can do. But um, I need to see him do it first. I agree with Rod. I would, I would still take the under. I understand the projections and everything. But, again, health is always a concern with Tua as well. We've seen that 
over the past couple of seasons. And not only that, when you know when he came out of Alabama, so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know what happens with uh, to a, in this all Dolphins offense coming into this season. Dan, let's get to your first player prop here. What do you got for the AFC East division? Uh, yeah, so my first quarterback for AFC East, I'm going Josh Allen over 34 and a half passing touchdowns at FanDuel. Um, that's the best number. I think WinBet had it at 35 and a half, so shop around. But um, to me, this offense has only improved in the offseason, adding playmakers, drafted Khalil Shakir. Um, they brought in Jamison Crowder, as Rod stated earlier. I think Isaiah McKenzie has really turned heads at training camp, but you know, with this guy as the odds on favor for MVP in a very weak division, um, I think that there's no stopping Josh Allen from going to that level this year. He's gone over 34 and a half passing TDs his last two seasons. He had the most passing attempts in the red zone last year, despite his rushing ability at the goal line. Um, you know, he's got tons of red zone threats here. I think people are down on Stefan Diggs, but the guy just had, you know, 100 receptions for 1,000 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. So, like... That with Dawson Knox, um, Gabe Davis and his ascension. I hit on his um, receiving total last year at five and a half. I just think that there's a lot of opportunities for this offense to flourish. And it's going to be on the the back of Josh Allen, who's just an absolute beast that continues to get better. So 34 and a half to me still seems a bit low. When they brought in Stephon Diggs, and I think that 2020 year, that's where the real jump happened for Josh Allen. And this, I think this is a difference when we talk about quarterbacks having a number one type of guy like Stephon Diggs. And, you know, not only you mentioned, like their receiving group got better. They brought in Jameson Crowder, Gabe Davis to take that next step forward. You know, you, you mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, who's he's going to turn, who's turning heads right now for uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, wide receiving group in camp right now. So, and if and if it seems almost correlated that if you think that with Josh Allen being one of the co-favorites to win MVP, he's going to have to put up those touchdown numbers and those passing numbers and passing touchdown numbers. So at 34 and a half, I agree with you here, Dan. Um, this offense is always firing on all cylinders. You know, the win bet has, you know, which quarterback is going to throw five touchdown passes first. You might want to get down on Josh Allen because he does have that capability uh, to do those uh, those type of things in football games. But, yeah, I love it. Thoughts on Josh Allen here, Rod? So for me, this is this is a good obviously I'm going to take the over on this one as well. But I think with Crowder, because we talked about Crowder joining Crowder's more of a touchdown threat than Cole Beasley ever was. So, yeah. you know, Beasley was obviously the the guy that was underneath. and uh, But now Crowder if you give him another weapon that can actually score touchdowns, then this number is definitely low because I, I see a 37, 38 uh, touchdown season for Josh Allen. Just the fact that Jamison Crowder can get in the end zone a few more times than Cole Beasley ever did. So um, I, I like that addition and, and you give him another weapon like that. Then yeah, I mean, 34 seems pretty low. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that again, you know, it's just feeling like it correlated for me that if you're going to have an MVP season, you have to get close to 40 touchdown passes. Um, you know, for, if you're going to be in that conversation uh, for MVP. Um, for my first quarterback player prop, uh, I, and this is probably my favorite one that I've probably given out over the two divisions that we've already done. I'm taking McCorkle Jones under 3,950 and a half uh, passing yards. And this number just does not make any sense to me, guys. So Mac Jones coming into this year, there's I, we talked about Joe Judge and Matt Patricia coming in, and we still don't know who's going to be calling the plays between those two guys. And when you had a quarterback la- or a head coach last season that ran a quarterback sneak on 39 from their own eighth-yard line, that gives me a huge red flag. Matt Patricia, we know, not the greatest offensive mind uh, in the game as well. But last season under Josh McDaniels, 
uh, Mac Jones threw for 3,800 passing yards. You know, I was high on Mac Jones last year, had a rookie of the year ticket on him only for, you know, Jamar Chase to come out and seal it. But this is going to be a new offensive system that they're probably deploying in New England. And I think what makes me more confident about this, Ben, and we talked about this earlier, and Dan, you were pointing this out, is who is he throwing the ball to, right? The Patriots uh, wide receiving group ranks comes into the season ranked 25th, according to Warren Sharp, and I 100% agree with that. No disrespect to Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, but those guys don't exactly scare me um, coming into this season, especially offensively. I understand the accuracy of Mac Jones, but I think there's a lot of question marks for that offensive line as well coming into the season. Not only that, the Patriots play eight of their 17 games against top 10 projected defenses, uh, past defenses, that is, for the season. In the first six weeks, they play four teams that are projected inside of that top 10. So, I'm not high on McCorkle Jones this coming season. I think there's going to be a huge drop-off for him, um, especially with just so many question marks. And we know Bill Belichick likes to also run the ball, um, you know, 20, 30, even 40 times a game if he has to and take the ball out of Mac Jones's hands. So this is one of my the favorite player prop I've, I've given out so far on Mac Jones under 3,950 and a half passing yards for this upcoming season here, Dan. Yeah, I uh, he's got a higher prop than Tua, who has one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, maybe they're assuming that the Patriots are going to have negative game scripts and he's going to be passing more. But when has Bill Belichick ever done that, really? So yeah. especially with with Mac Jones, I I don't know. Thirty nine hundred. I'm tailing it. Long story short, <laughs> I'm, I'm tailing it. Rod, that's crazy. Yeah, no, give me the under on this one, too. And not just because of that, because I think Damian Harris is going to get a lot more run this season. I mean, hell, he was shy of a thousand yards last season with Ramondre Stevenson nipping at his heels. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but Damian Harris missed two games last season. So, I mean, I like I like Damian Harris's and I'm not giving this out uh, uh, later on, but I like his over. Um, I saw it at eight twenty five and a half. I like the over on that as well, because I feel like he's a running back that Bill Belichick has wanted for a while and and now has. So if he can give him more run and take the pressure off of Jones, that's all the more better. So and that obviously takes away from Jones's ability to to throw passes too much. But yeah, give me the under on this one, too. If I'm going to take the under on two, I might as well take the under on Mac Jones as well. To put this in perspective, Aaron Rodgers right now, passing yards projection is at 4,050 uh, and a half. And that's only 100 yards less for Mac Jones. But I understand that Devontae Adams is not there anymore. But, yeah, I think that kind of puts it in perspective for me. I think that this number is, is I think it's a uh, two or 300 yards, I think, uh, too much by the books here. But, yeah, this is my favorite one here so far. Um, all right, gentlemen, let's get over to the skill position uh props here dan i'll lead off with you here my man what do you got for your first skill position player yeah i'm gonna roll with the first one correlates to rod's first prop with tua um, i'm gonna go with mike gasicki under 55 and a half receptions um he's playing under the franchise tag which should motivate him but all i've heard out of camp is how he is not involved in the offense this dude ranked uh he graded out his 21st um, in an eligible tight end per PFF last year in blocking grades. He was well below average in pass and run blocking. Uh, Mike McDaniel challenged him in the beginning of camp saying that he's going to be blocking more, running routes less, and he didn't really get a look that much so far in the preseason, and two was not even playing in, in their third game here. So um, I don't know what rapport is being really developed here, and 
he's going to be third or fourth option in this offense. I mean, they brought in Tyreek Hill, obviously, Jalen Waddell. Cedric Wilson is no slouch. Uh, we saw what he did with Dallas last year. So, you know, even in a contract year, I, I think his role is going to be different. And the difference between, you know, Mike Gesicki going off and the person I can compare him to is, is George Kittle um, from Mike McDaniel perspective. Like, the reason Kittle was so good was because he his yards after the catch. Like, that's how... Yeah people thrived in Mike McDaniel offenses and Gesicki, man, he was like 23rd in yards after the catch for tight end. So I, I just don't see where he's really going to take this, this leap to be one of the best pass catchers for this team. And, you know, for what we described for Tua, I don't see him throwing for a lot of yards. I also don't see him spreading the ball as much as um, some might expect. So, yeah, I'm taking the under on Gasicki, 55 and a half receptions. And I was also looking at his re- uh, receiving yards at 574 and a half. But uh, I'm going to stick with the receptions here. Yeah, last season, I mean, this this wide receiving group or the skill position, at least the receivers part of it, it just wasn't very exciting. I mean, they lost, and Will Fuller was a guy that I took last season on the under, and he got injured in the second game, so that one cashed easy as well. But now, you like we talked about, they they have Cedric Wilson, they have Tyreek Hill. So those the targets that he got last season, even on 112 uh, targets last season, he only produced 73 receptions and 780 uh, receiving yards. And like you mentioned it there, Dan, I think the one point that I really do like that you made there is that Mike McDaniel's coming in from San Francisco to this team is that he's going to want to use Mike Gusecki in that, you know, blocking role of tight ends like George Kittle was, right? George Kittle was a great, you know, uh, run blocker for that run, yeah. uh, the running game for the San Francisco uh, 49ers. But Again, I think I agree with this 100%. I think this is going to be where you have – I think I think it's going to be fourth. It's going to be Wilson. It's going to be Hill, and it's going to be Jalen Waddle. And then I think number four is going to be um, uh, Mike Kosecki. And whoever knows, they might be throwing the ball out of the backfield to their running back group as well. So, Rod, any thoughts on, um, on Mike Kosecki here? That's funny. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. I mean, I would even say fifth because if Mostert is actually uh, healthy and can stay healthy, he's he's a out, he's an option out of the backfield uh, for the, the Dolphins. Yeah. And Gasecki, man, <laughs> he just watched his whole target share drop once Tyreek Hill joined that team. It was like, well, yeah. anything I was going to do, I'm not going to do anymore because this guy is going to come up and just suck all the oxygen out of everybody's uh, everybody else's target share. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to go with the under on this one as well, just because where does he fit now? Yeah, you know, uh, Rod, let's get into yours. Yeah, sorry, real quick, I just want to go back real quick to it. Yeah. Um, so use 112 targets last year. The two right. previous seasons before that, he was right around you know mid 80s to to high 80s, and his reception total was only 51 and 53. Yeah. Um, still, even with that 53, he had a whopping 13. 13 yards per reception, which is the best of his career. So he could still, he has the capability of getting yak, but uh, it's just the target share has got to de- deplete with the, all these weapons around. So great point, guys. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Rod, let's get to your next player prop. What do you got, buddy? All right, I'm going to take Gabe Davis, which I, I know I think you had said something earlier, Moonoff, you got to Gabe Davis. I'm, I'm taking his receptions. So hopefully you're not taking his receptions. I am right there with you, buddy. So you oh, just give the handicap here. All right. Well, I'm taking Gabe Davis over 60 and a half receptions. Uh, We talked about it earlier. This is going to be Gabe Davis now as the number two there. I think all signs point to him taking a a huge step up this season. You look at the last couple of seasons in this season. I mean, this number 
is a giant leap over what he's done over the last couple of seasons. So I can understand why people would be a little hesitant to take this number. Cause you look in 2020 at 62 targets, 35 receptions last season, 63 targets, 35 receptions. So he's right around 35 receptions for his two years. But you also look at what Cole Beasley did last season, 112 targets, 82 receptions. And now that Gabe Davis is going to probably take over that number two role. All that stuff goes to him. And it's very simple for him to be able to, to double up on his reception. And he didn't even have to double up completely on his reception totals. He just got to get, uh, what is it, 15 more, something like that. And and to hit that, uh, I'm bad at math. 26 uh, more. 26 more. There you go, yeah. Munaf. See, that's why you're the handicapper. I'm just the guy <laughs> the box. Uh, and then, you know, Josh Allen threw the ball a ton last season. 646 attempts. That's probably going to continue to happen as well. So uh, to me, I just think with Gabe Davis now being the number two guy in this offense and a lot more reliable, in my opinion, than Cole Beasley. I'm not taking anything away from Cole. Like, obviously, he served his purpose. He was a great receiver in and of his own right, did things that he needed to do with the ball. But Gabe Davis, I think, is a far better receiver than Cole Beasley. And I think he's going to get a lot more looks uh, and and just produce more out of it than Cole uh, ever did. So Gabe Davis over 65 and a half. That's exactly what I had, uh, Rod, for 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 Gabe Davis. And, you know, they also had Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders last year on this team as well. And those two combined for 124 receptions on 184 targets. So that has to go somewhere. And again, it's going to have to be Gabe Davis. And that's exactly what I wrote down on my handicap here. And I think it's just a, it's a numbers perspective bet here for me that he has to take that leap forward here for the Buffalo Bills. But I don't have much more to add on to what you just said. That was pretty much what my handicap here was. But Dan, thoughts on Gabe Davis over 60 and a half um, receptions for the upcoming season? I love it. Um, I think he's going to take that step forward that he needs to. And this Bill's offense is going to be one of the best, most explosive offenses in the game. So um, for him to be the wide receiver two there. And uh, I think we saw what his upside is um, the way he balled out in the playoffs, man, like Stefan Diggs is going to draw a lot of attention. Um, they have other weapons that can do that too. And he's a mismatch. You know, he can play all over the field. So I, I like his upside here and I love the, the over 16 and a half receptions. Yep. All right. So we just killed uh, two birds with one stone here between myself and Rod. So I'm glad we're in agreement about that. Um, let's uh, get to our last round of player props here. Uh, Dan, I'll let you lead it off here, buddy. What do you got as for your last uh, skill position player prop here? All right. So I know Rod is high on the Patriots and he's high on Damian Harris. I am not. Um I believe what I'm hearing out of camp, man, I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to give him a run for his money here, but I'm going to take the under seven and a half rushing TDs for him. Um, I just think he has to regress, you know, 15 rushing touchdowns last season. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Um, This Patriots team was feeding him the rock because they had no other option. And he clearly Belichick did not trust Mac Jones. Uh, I think in year two, he's going to trust him a little bit more to push the ball down the field. This offense has to move the ball. They're going to be in, in situations where they're going to probably be paying down, uh, which wouldn't bode well for Damian Harris's upside here. Um, and I just read a report that Ramondre Stevenson is now taking that James White role at the goal line. So, you know, I think this is going to be a 1A, 1B situation here, uh, which never really bodes well. Like, he is a power back, no no doubting that. But um, uh, expected him to get eight eight touchdowns here on a team that I think is going to be worse this year and struggle with their offensive line question marks. Um, I'm going to fade Damian Harris here under seven and a half rushing touchdowns. 
Yeah, I had him to go over last season, uh, and, and that one cashed fairly easy. But I think, Dan, you're right that that regression is due. And there was times last season where we didn't see Damian Harris in this offense like we thought we would because there's some Joe Schmo that they find off the street and they just plug him in and they just start feeding that guy the ball. I mean, that's always when been the New England Patriots way is that they always have, you know, three a three-headed monster in that backfield. And again, I just don't trust Joe Judge and Matt Patricia in inside a red zone or even on the goal line either. So, yeah, I, I'm there with you here with Damian Harris. I think there is regression due here. But, Rod, uh, thoughts on uh, uh, Damian Harris here, at least for his touchdown perspective? Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think they'll probably get him to get them into the red zone and then give the ball to Ramondre Stevens quite often. And and you're right. The touchdowns are probably going to end up going there. Damian Harris will, will get I – mean, he hadn't – he got them a lot of touchdowns last season, but he, he kind of needed to. So – uh, yeah, with Ramondre Stevens taking a huge step up, I think, yeah, they're, that's going to be the goal line guy that Belichick goes to more often than not. And then, obviously, Ramondre Stevens, we, we saw, can bust out some big ones, too. So right. if he gets a few more touches, uh, what's to say he can't break a long one as well for a touchdown? So I don't I don't hate the under uh, touchdown, just so long as, you know, Damian Harris gets about 826 yards on the season. I'm good with that. <laughs> There we go. Uh, I'll I'll give my last player prop, and then I'll get to you here, Rod. And uh, I'm going to go over to that Jets offense. I'm going to that running back group. I'm going to take Brees Hall. I'm going to go under 830 and a half rushing yards for Brees Hall. And, you know, like I said, I'm not completely sold on this Jets offense, right? We know, but we don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. Number number one is that they have a crowded wide receiving group there as well now, right? We talked about the names with, you know, with, with Mims, with Garrett Wilson, with Elijah Moore. Uh, they brought in they have Corey Davis on the roster. You brought in CJ Ozoma from the Cincinnati Bengals. So there's only one football. And now also in the backfield, they still have Michael Carter last season, who was pretty good for this team. Uh, but last year, Carter only had 639 rushing yards. So if it's going to be a two back system, I think that this is a, a, a big number here for Brees Hall on, at 830 and a half rushing yards. And not only that. I kind of went back and looked. The last time the Jets had a running back that went over this projection of 830 and a half rushing yards, it was in the 2015 season with Chris Ivory as the running back for the New York Jets. So I, I, I just don't have faith in this offensive line for blocking purposes. I know we talked about the offensive line, but that they're not going to have Makai Beckton. But they did sign Dwayne Brown. But again, um, I'm just not sold on on this number. I think this is a big number here for Brees Hall for um, – for at least you know in his rookie season where it hasn't been done since 2015 uh, by this New York Jets offense and also with Michael Carter in the backfield as well. But uh, Rod, thoughts on uh, this player prop here with Brees Hall to go under this projection? Jets make you feel dirty, man. That's just all there is. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's that's high. It's high for a rookie. It's high for a Jets running back. It's I don't even understand why everyone's high on Michael Carter, and for good reason. He's a good running back, but he again only got six hundred thirty-nine yards. He only played in fourteen games, but still, I, I'm not sure that he was busting out any couple hundred yard games to get him there over the last three or four games. So, yeah, I mean, how are we going to expect a rookie? To, to share touches with Michael Carter and to reach 800 yards. Uh, this Jets offense may not even get 800 total rushing yards from their running backs all told. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be a tough sell for me. Dan, thoughts on Brees Hall? 
Just question marks, man. Uh, Michael Carter's still there. They re-signed Tevin Coleman. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a big factor, but he's still around. Um, just to assume this guy's going to rush for 830 yards, uh, that's that's a lot. Um, he's going to be one of the better rookies, I think, this year just because of the sheer um, playing time and, and snap count. But um, this offense just doesn't give me a lot of confidence right now with uh, Zach, Zach Wilson in limbo. So, yeah, I, I, I fade the rookie. I like it under 830. All right, Rod, let's c- close it out strong here, my man. What is your last player prop? All right, we spend so much time on offense. I'm flipping the script. We're going to go defense. Uh, I'm going to turn to the New England Patriots and uh, Matt Judon over 10.25 sacks. This is a plus money. Mm. Last season, the guy came in with 12 and a half sacks on the season. Uh, a, a high, a, a career high for him. But I'm looking at what the Patriots have that they're looking at for their schedule wise and, and how I think he can do this again. I don't think he'll maybe get to 12, but I'm sure he can get to 11. He's got the Dolphins, which, you know, you can sack Tua. The Ravens were actually one of the most sacked teams in the in the league last season. They gave up 57 sacks on the year, so he's facing those two guys out of the gates. Um, he's got the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, obviously, you can get to Mitch a few times over as well. Then he's got the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, the Jets, the Jets again. Like, this guy's got a, a great schedule, and then the Dolphins toward the end. So uh, he's a transcendent defensive talent. I think he's got the opportunity to, to once these defensive guys get on a hot streak to me, it seems like sometimes their confidence soars going into the next year. And once they get to the quarterback, they feel like they can do it again and again and again. So um, I think he's heating up and I think a path to 11 is not necessarily all that out of the question. So give me Matthew Judon over 10.25 sacks at plus 100. Patriots this season face nine teams whose uh, their opponent offensive line ranks 20th or worse coming into this season. That's the first two weeks where they play the Steelers offensive line. The Dolphins, obviously, they play twice a year. You have against, like you mentioned, the, the Jets in there, the Bears in there as well. And you know, like you mentioned it last season, he got it done with, what, 12 sacks last year? Um, and uh, for the season, I think that again, this is a, a possibility where this this does happen because again, Patriots pride themselves on defense. If the offense we feel like it's not going to be good, the defense is going to have to win them games this season, and things have to be led by uh, Matthew Judon as well. Here, Dan, thoughts on this one? Um, I like the number 10.25. Um, yeah. you could definitely get in a, a, a you know, an assist there, um, for that 10 and a, to hit that 10 and a half. Um, so you don't even need 11 really. But um, this is a really interesting prop. I don't know that I've ever played a sack prop, um, but I do like with the way you rattled out the uh, rattled off the the schedule that they have and the opportunity, and especially with mobile quarterbacks. Like you'd be surprised. Like I feel like that actually opens up more opportunity for for some yeah. sacks because the you know the, the offensive line doesn't know where they're at and they get caught up you know in a scheme and then next thing you know they're running all around the field and then they get sacked. So uh, with how many mobile quarterbacks they have and how many teams that they play with poor offensive lines, I like this bet. All right, gentlemen, so let's uh, close it out strong with our best bets. But before we get into our best bets, let me tell you guys about Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers also are 
sorry, trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Expert tasted coffee trades coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds of live and ready to ship every single day. There's no perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you. And trades human powered algorithm will find it. Trade first match guarantee is that trade is so confident that they'll match you right the first time that if they don't they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free but all you gotta do if you are a coffee junkie i am not but if you are right now go to trade uh sorry drink trade sorry drink drink trade slash sgp try to say that five times drinktrade.com slash SGP and trade is offering new subscribers a $30 off of their first order plus free shipping. But that's only happening when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by Dave. Look, we've all been in a situation where we'd be a pinch for a little bit of money, whether it's medical bills, whether it's your, your car breaking down and you get repairs done, or if you're simply just behind on bills. It's okay. And that's why Dave is here. Dave is here to help to kind of give you that extra hand when you need it the most. Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. There's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding present, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that you have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest. There's no credit card involved. All you have to do is download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. The future you will thank you. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, close this out with our best bets for this AFC East division for our season-long player props. Dan, I'll give you the floor first here, my man. What is your best bet for the uh, AFC East division? Josh Allen over 34.5 passing TDs. Um, I'm 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 making a bet on one of the co-favorites for MVP right now. Love what they did in the offseason to tool up. I think we're going to see, as Rod mentioned earlier, Gabe Davis really take that next leap. He's already got... Plenty of red zone targets in Dawson Knox and and Stephon Diggs here. Um, add James Cook in the backfield. I think that's another weapon that you have um, coming in out of the flat there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for Josh Allen, for the Bills. And, um, yeah, being that he's cleared this in the last two seasons, I don't think he should have any issue uh, doing it yet again. I like it, man. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big year for the Buffalo Bills. And again, there's a reason why Josh Allen is one of the co-favorite uh, to win the MVP this season. And like I mentioned, I think this is correlated where he has to get over this number if he wants a chance to be uh, the MVP at the end of the year. Uh, Rod, best bet for this AFC East division. What do you got? I'll give the Tua. Tua under 38, uh, 3,850 and a half passing yards. He may get to 3,820, but I don't think he'll get to 3,850 and a half uh, passing yards. Look, it's just, it's the Dolphins. Uh, they, they've got Tyreek Hill, absolutely great, yes. But it may be that him and Waddle get over 1,000 yards and everybody else gets scraps. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see how this pans out, but I still don't see 
Tua getting another 1,200 yards than he did last season just because Tyree Kill is on that team. I, I like this as well here for um, for Tua. I, again, it's for me. I need to see him. I need to see the see him prove it before I can get behind this guy. And maybe it is this season. Maybe it's not. And again, that that health concern is always a question for um, for Tua. So under 3,850 and a half passing yards, best bet for uh, Rod for Tua Tungavaloa of the Miami Dolphins. All right, my best bet, guys. I'm gonna uh, it's the one I was hyping up. I, I got to go with the under on the Mac Jones. I mean, I just don't see a world. Where with that wide receiving group and the question marks at that, you know, who's making the play calls and guys like Joe Judge and Matt Patricia being the offensive guys for this team. I just don't see how, um, you know, he gets over this number of three thousand nine hundred fifty and a half passing yards. So I'm taking the under for Mac Jones. Um, I think there's going to be a fall off with Josh McDaniels leaving that consistency that was there for so many years for this Patriots offense. Now you leave it in the hands of these two guys. I just don't think that, you know, Mac Jones is he's going to regress. I think there's going to be more running of the football this season for the New England Patriots. Um, It's going to be ugly wins for them. I think it's going to be after predicated on their defense if they're going to win games. Um, So I'm taking the under on Mac Jones, uh, 3,915 and a half passing yards uh, for this upcoming season as my best bet. Gentlemen, that is going to do it for this edition of the PropCast, the AFC East uh, player props for our season-long player props. That is three division downs, uh, three divisions down. We have five more to go, but we're going to crank them out as we progress and get closer and closer to the NFL season. But, Dan, any other things uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man? Um, no, follow me on Twitter, at Dan Titus. Um a lot of good bets coming through with the crew here. So, um, yeah, excited for the NFL Gambling Podcast. That's about to drop some new episodes. And, uh, yeah, just getting you geared up for football season, man. Stay locked in. Yes, sir. Uh, Rod, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, same thing. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Make sure we catch the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Hey, tune into the F1 Gambling Podcast. We had Darius Butler on, yes, uh, former Colts and former Patriots secondary mate back there loves f1 great conversation with him about it and uh, it was just a fun listen even if you don't like f1 uh just listening to him talk about it should get you jazzed about it so yeah again nfl gambling podcast coming up too uh, this is going to be a, a an outstanding season so looking forward to all of it yeah echoing everything the guys just said make sure to check out the nfl gambling podcast a lot of great stuff happening the newest podcast on the sports gambling podcast network make sure to Follow uh, Rod on Twitter. Make sure to follow Dan. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. And make it easy for yourself. Just download the SGPN app. You can get all the uh, pods that myself, Dan, and Rod are on for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So make it easy for yourself. Uh, We will be back next week for another uh, edition of the PropCast for our season-long player props. So look out for that. If you haven't subscribed to the PropCast, make sure to do so. Uh, just hit that subscribe button and please leave us a rating and review as well for the prop guest definitely helps us out as well. Till then, gentlemen, thank you for so much for joining me. We'll be back next week. Like I said, let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>